Hey friend, welcome to the Lilypad Network. My name is Savannah and I'm a 20-something who is obsessed with climbing the ranks in public accounting as a CPA, but then realized I wanted more than just my career. On this podcast, we're all about discovering our next thing together. Just like frogs pause on lily pads during their journey, we're pausing on this lily pad to discover that thing. On this journey, we'll also learn how to take care of ourselves along the way so we can show up as the best version of ourselves. Together, we're building a network of lily pads. So girlfriend, let's hop to it. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the LilyPad Network. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time today here with me. I am truly honored and grateful that you chose to press play today and spend your precious time here. Today, we're going to be talking about um, an activity, an exercise, a a thing that my fiance, Michael, and I did um, a few weeks ago at this point, and it was incredibly powerful for both of us, probably more so me than him, but I think that's just because I make meaning out of everything because I'm a woman. But the two of us were, arguing isn't the right word, but just frustrated with each other that the other one wasn't doing more for the house. I was frustrated that he wasn't helping with chores more, and he was frustrated that I wasn't helping with dinners more. And we'd kind of just fallen into a rut and a pattern of he took care of dinners, and I took care of chores, and that was that. And I'm incredibly grateful that he has taken on a lot of the cooking for our our house because I have not fallen out of love with cooking, but just haven't had the mental capacity to give towards creating nurturing meals and nourishing meals for us. So I've just been really grateful that he's done that. Anyways, we were both just feeling a little overwhelmed, a little overstuck, overstuck, a little stuck and just overworked. And... So it was a Friday night, the two of us, and I had worked late that Friday night, which had kind of led to his frustration as well. We each took out a piece of paper, and I would encourage you to do this activity too, as I kind of like tell this story. Um, I'm going to kind of tell it through a story, but definitely do this activity because it was powerful. Um, so we each took out a piece of paper, and we listed, de- listed out everything that we wanted to do in a day, and everything we wanted to do in a week. So what I did is I, you know, I did it kind of on a daily basis, but then there was a few things that I did um, each week. So for example, work, I put as the first thing and I said, all right, work should take eight hours a day. And then I asked myself, okay, what's the maximum that work has been taking lately? And it was about 12 hours. And then I thought, okay, What's like really the average that work takes? I put 10. This was really the only activity that I had a ideal number of eight, a max as of 12 and um, average is 10. The other activities, I kind of know how much time they're going to take and they usually don't go over unless something weird happens. Um, you can also do this activity by literally tracking your time for a week and seeing where you're spending your time. Uh, we just did it more in, these are all the things that I hope to get done in a week. So work, eight to 12 hours, sleep. I think I had, this I had another range as well. I had like eight to 10. Um, walking, I'd like to do three times a week for about an hour. Lifting workouts, I'd like to do twice a week. And that usually takes me like an hour and a half, two hours, just with the transition time and showering, you know all of that. 
Um, I'd like to go to yoga once a week, which that takes me about two hours with the transition time. Um, podcasting, I would like to devote an hour a day to, or just side projects an hour a day to. I'd like to have Savannah time for an hour a day. I'd like to have a morning routine for an hour a day. And you can quickly see how you run out of time in the day and in the week. And for me, since I did this more on a daily basis, I multiplied everything by seven, or if it was like a work activity, I multiplied it by five. He did a very similar structure. I'm actually going to make a downloadable template that you can use. So definitely check the show notes and I will have like a little template that you can do for either tracking your time or doing this capacity planning is what I put it. Like, what do I have capacity for in the week? So the two of us, we went through, we added up all those things we want to do in a day slash week, multiplied it by however many days that you're doing it in the week and got to a total. There are 168 hours in the week. There are only 168 hours in a week. And there are only 24 hours in a day, not 26, right? So Michael, when he added up all of his items, he was at 166 hours in a week. So he was two hours below. But when he added up everything he wanted to do on a daily basis, as in like a work day, daily basis, he was at 25 and a half hours in a day, which that does not work, right? He does not have 25 and a half hours in a day. So something was going to have to change for him. For me, since I did that sensitivity with work, that's kind of what drove a lot of my variability. If I was working 12 hours a day for five days, that's 60 hours a week. So I was working anywhere from 40 to 60 hours a week um, is what I put in my capacity. And I was... I don't have the number in front of me. I was somewhere like 180 to 240 hours in a week. And I was like, well, no shit. Like, no wonder I felt so burnt out, overwhelmed, stressed. Like, I can't get everything done because I literally do not have enough hours in the day or the week to get this all done. Like, I just, I simply don't. And I'm guessing if you're anything like me, you're an ambitious woman and you're going to be at that 168 hours, or you're going to be really, really close to those 168 hours. If you're below those 168 hours, I'd really challenge you to first ask yourself, do you have everything on your list? Do you have sleep? Do you have work? Do you have eating? Do you have downtime? Do you have transition time? Do you have dates? Do you have friend dates? Do you truly have everything on that list? And is, are the time estimates truly accurate? Are you really only sleeping for seven hours? Michael and I both called it bed time, just wind down time, laying in bed, you know, those 15 minutes that you're going to read or scroll or whatever. Is that really accurate or is that what you want it to be? And just see where you're at. I'm guessing a lot of you, when you go through this exercise, you're going to be at that over 168 hours. What my fiance, Michael, and I did was we switched papers and cut out things of each other's lives. We didn't strike through an entire line item. Like Michael easily could have taken work and just like strike through and be like, well, you're just not going to work. What we did is we asked, okay, what are the items that you can spend less time on or you need to spend less time on? For example, work. I probably need to spend less than 60 hours a week on work or 50 hours a week on work. 
Of course, there's going to be seasons and ebbs and flows where I need to spend more than 60 hours, but or I need to spend that 60 hours. It's probably a better way to say it. More than 40. But asking yourself or having someone else ask, do you really need to be working that much? Do you really need to be going to the gym that's an hour away? Because you go to a gym that's 15 minutes away. Do you really want to or need to be spending an hour on TikTok every day? And how can you add more boundaries into your life to make it so that you're sticking to this, that you're actually sticking to eight hours of sleep or nine hours of work a day? And it was hard to get back his sheet of paper with his edits on it and see, he's like, Savannah, you should only be working like eight and a half, nine hours a day. I'm like, but I need to be a good employee. He's like, but it's sacrificing like our relationship, the time for chores, the time for dinner, like your relationship with yourself. And I was like, "Mm, you're right. So that was like a wake up call for me. But he also, and this is such a powerful question to ask yourself. He also added more time to my podcasting side project, passion project buckets each day. He's like, you want to spend more time on this. So why aren't you doing it? And I was like, well, I feel like I should be working for my nine to five. And he's like, they pay you the same whether or not you work 60 hours or you work 40 hours. Find more time when you can say I'm done. He's like, you're not going to turn into a bad employee because that's not you, but find ways to create more boundaries and say, all right, I'm done. That's it. I'm done. And so he bumped up. I think I had an hour a day to devote to passion, side projects, writing, all of that. And he bumped it up to two hours. And I was like, okay, like, I like that. So ask yourself, what is not, um, this is the wrong question I was reading. What are you allocating only a little bit of time that really deserves more time? What are you allocating a little bit of time to that really deserves more of your attention? Because I needed more attention towards the podcast because I have big goals. And if I'm only putting in an hour a day or 30 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day, I'm not going to get there, right? And I'm going to be frustrated. The other question which is the one that I got confused, is what is not a priority, but you feel like it should be a priority, so you're allocating time to it, but it doesn't need time. So think of this as chores. Maybe you think every day you need to have a pristine, clean bedroom and kitchen. Is that really a priority, or is that like a wish? Because, heck, yeah, that's a wish for me to every day have a perfectly made bed, vacuum lines on the floor, and everything's sparkling clean and smelling like lemon. But I don't need to be allocating an hour of cleaning time every day. Thankfully, I don't have tiny humans running around or a dog or cat running around, so I can spend less time on that. But ask yourself, what is not a priority in my life that I'm feeling like it should? Stop shooting on yourself, right? Stop thinking, oh, I should be doing this? No. What do you want to do and what is a priority for you? And then Michael and I made schedules for each other. After we had kind of gone through, gotten down to 24 hours in a day, of course there were things that had to be cut or moved around or shifted, but we made, what does a work week schedule look like for you? 
And I would challenge you to have someone important in your life do it. Someone who sees your schedule on like a routine basis. So maybe it's a roommate or a partner or a sister or a friend or a coworker. Ask them to make your schedule because you're not, you don't have to follow it, but just see what they come up with. Michael, for me, he was like, you have a hard time getting up in the mornings right now. So instead of saying that you're going to get up at 5 a.m. and conquer the world, why don't you say that you're going to get up a half hour before your first morning call for work and spend that 30 minutes brushing your teeth, getting dressed, making the bed, making coffee, futzing around, as my mom would call it, you know, just like doing the things. And he's like, then you work until noon. So whatever time that was until noon. So it's kind of like nine to noon is my first chunk of work. And then noon to one, he was like, take a break for you. He's like, that's not going to happen every single day, but take a lunch break and a 30 minute break, 30 minutes for lunch and 30 minutes to do what you want to do. Maybe you go for a walk, get a workout in, maybe you record a podcast episode, maybe you watch an episode of TV, or maybe you just decide that day that you're going to skip that 30 minutes of me time and rather have it later in the day. And then he's like, then you will clock in from 1 to 3.30 and do work for two and a half hours. And then at 3.30, you're going to go to the gym and 3.30 to 4.30 or 5, you'll work out if you're going to the gym. If not, you'll walk those days. You'll come home and put another hour or two before dinner in, have dinner from 7 to 8, and then from 8 to 9.30, you're going to work for another hour and a half. And at first, I was like, why would I go back to work after dinner? But the work I do is very volatile, and there's just a lot going on. And I often have to work after dinner, just send a few emails to our India team or just like, catch up on things. And I was feeling guilty about doing it after dinner. And so he's like, well, what if you just plan to for an hour and a half or two hours every night, you can log back in and send the emails and, you know, do the easier work things, but put the buttons on before you go to bed. So you don't feel guilty. Your team knows that that's when you're doing and everyone's happy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so smart. And I've done this for a couple of weeks, like particularly that after dinner, 30 minutes to two hour work sesh. And I have felt so much better. And I honestly, I never would have thought of that. Like that, that just being my norm, I was ending up doing it, but instead I'm like, oh yeah, that's what, just what I do now. And it feels so much better, which is why I'm saying, have someone else make your schedule for you. There was things he was like, you don't go to bed till midnight in his schedule. And I was like, "Mm, for my hormones, like I need to go to bed for before midnight. And he's like, okay. So, you know, I like move things around. But it was powerful having someone else make my schedule because there was things that I was like, absolutely not. I'll not be going to bed at midnight. Like, great idea, but no. But there was things like taking an hour lunch break, workout break, me time, podcast time in the middle of the day is super nourishing and like being able to recharge midday. And then also, that was his, like, make that a formality. And the other thing that was really, really helpful was after work, or after work, after dinner, go back to work for a little bit so that you feel good ending the day with all the work that needs to be done. And of course, your schedule is not going to look just like mine, which is not going to look just like your sister, your aunt, your moms, your brothers, your cousins. All of our schedules are going to look different. 
But I would encourage you to have someone else make a schedule for you just so you can get their outside opinion, someone who knows you well enough to give you advice. And there's going to be parts that you love. There's going to be parts that you hate. But also just try out the parts that you're like, "Mm, maybe, maybe not, and just see how it works, right? Life is ebbs and flows and trials and errors, and you'll eventually figure it out. And you'll figure it out for this season, and then as soon as you get comfortable, something else in your life will change, and then you'll figure it out again. But try it. Try something new. And if you're, like, so stuck on your schedule and you're like, I don't know, this is what I think I should do, send me a message on Instagram, and we'll voice memo, chat it out, and figure out something new that you could try. Because getting a different perspective is always, always helpful, in my opinion. Another question to ask yourself when you're looking at your 24 hours in a day or 168 hours in a week, how much room for margin are you giving for yourself for when things don't go according to plan? Are you trying to get to that 168 hours and like, whoo, everything better take exactly what I planned for it or like we're in trouble? Or are you going to give yourself a little bit more room and say, all right, I'm going to plan for like 140 hours of things during the week, but the other 28 hours... I'm going to just leave up to rest, but I'm just going to let it ebb and flow to what it is. Because there's this fine line of how are you going to protect the time off that you have from work or side projects or relationships? How are you going to protect your time? But how are you going to give yourself enough room for margin? You don't want to have so much free time that people quickly eat up your time. So if you decide, okay, I'm only going to plan for 140 hours, how are you going to protect those 28 hours for you? Or if the 28 hours aren't um, dog-eared for you, how are you going to make sure that some of it's for you and some of it's for your family? Because it's so easy to just use that 28 hours to go into the internet void and slip away and be like, whoa, I had an extra 28 hours and I have no idea where it went. So just keep that in mind. How are you going to set up enough boundaries in your life that you're going to stick to whatever capacity schedule plan that you have for yourself? So to recap kind of these steps of doing this capacity planning, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to list out everything you want to do in a day and everything you want to do in a week. So multiplying the things that you need to do every day by seven or five, depending on what it is, adding in the things that you need to do on a weekly basis, like maybe grocery shop or go to church or budget review. I don't know. Add all of those up and assign them times on how much it's going to take you. So you'll have work 40 hours or 30 hours or 60 hours. Add it up and see how much time that is. So first step, list everything out. Second step, assign time to each activity. Third step, add everything up. Fourth step, compare that total to 168 hours in a week and see where you are. If you're above or close to above, which is my guess because you're an ambitious woman listening to the podcast, first look at what actually can be cut. Can you spend less time scrolling? 
do you really need to be working 55 hours a week? How can you add more boundaries into your life? Don't just start cutting sleep because that's an easy 10-hour chunk of your life that you can cut out. If you truly need 10 hours of sleep, don't start there. Look at the other things like scrolling or work or um, can you ask for help with cooking or chores, etc.? The second question, if you're above, to ask yourself is, what is not a priority, like truly not a priority, but you feel like it should be a priority, so you're allocating time to it, but it doesn't actually need time or that much time? The third question to ask yourself, if you're over, is what are you allocating only a little bit of time to that really deserves more of your time? What is really a priority in your life, but your schedule is not saying that it's a priority? And quick tangent here, Michael was saying I should have even more time for podcasting and me time in the evenings. Like from 9.30 to midnight is what he said I should have for like side projects. And I was like, I love that idea. But for me, it's more of a priority for my health to be in bed before 10, 10.30. And he was like, oh, okay. Like if that's your priority, then that's your priority. And it's helpful to loop him on on what my priorities are too. So he can know when I'm choosing to go to bed at 10. It's because I value my health and healing my hormones more than I want to hustle hard on the podcast. That was a tangent though. So that question was, what are you allocating only a little bit of time to that really deserves more time? And what what is the priority? And kind of what are the order of priorities? Like I said, I would rather focus on my health, getting good workouts and nourishing meals, enough sleep, than a perfectly curated social media post or a bonus podcast episode. The fourth question, if you're above the 168 hours or super close, is how much room for margin are you giving yourself for when things don't go to plan? Are you giving yourself enough? Are you giving yourself too much? And just continue to tweak as you learn more and more and more about yourself and your schedule. If you are below the 168 hours, first ask yourself, Do you have everything on your list? Do you have sleep, work, eating, downtime, showering, taking your kids to school, commuting? Do you have all of that down? And if you truly have extra time in your life, how are you going to protect it? And what are you going to use that time for so you don't let it slip away into the internet void? You don't have to have, I'm going to use it to outline podcast episode 70 No, just I'm going to use this for podcasting time. I'm going to use this for my relationship. I'm either going to use it for my relationship or my side hustle, depending on what needs more of my attention in this season. But having an idea of what you're going to use it for before you go into the week or the day is helpful. So again, you don't get lost in the scroll. So these steps are super simple. List everything out, assign them times, add it up, and then ask yourself some hard questions if you're above or below. Again, I'm going to put a graphic template. I'll have the link in the show show notes for you to download to help when you're going through this capacity planning. If you use it, definitely take a picture, post it on your Instagram and tag me in it so I can hype you up because this is not an easy exercise to truly go through and figure out what do I have capacity for in life? Do I have capacity to bring on swim coaching right now. Personally, right in this moment, I don't have time to add swim coaching. But if I know that it's coming up in a couple months, I could probably move things around so that I can have capacity or I can make a decision that I don't have capacity anymore like I did last year. 
just like you do with a budget and you allocate your money to go certain places so no funds are lost. You need to do this with your time so that you know where your time's going. You're spending it in accordance to your priorities, at least most of the time. So you're living in alignment with those priorities. I hope this helped. I hope you enjoy this exercise. It, even though it's hard to make those choices of, oh, I'm going to work out instead of recording a podcast. If you have that decision pre-made for yourself, when the time comes to choose the workout over the podcast episode, for me, for example, recording a podcast episodes or workouts, I'm always going to choose the workout because I value my health more in this season. So it's easier when you have that decision pre-made for yourself when you're faced with choosing between the two then there's no guilt you already made the decision for yourself so i hope you enjoy this exercise again if you do it take a picture of your schedule or your capacity tag me in it on instagram stories send me a message on how many hours over you are maybe you're crazy like me and you think that you have 200 hours in a week and just be kind to yourself as you're going through this i hope you have an incredible rest of your day and i will talk to you next week Thank you so much for listening today. If you love this episode, I'd be honored if you shared it with a girlfriend. Like stop right now and text her the link or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. Together, we are building our network of lily pads. I'm so happy to hop through life together. Until next time.